0: NRL Rewind, hosted by Matt Nemowski. Hello, NRL fans. Welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Welcome to off-season pod number two. Really starting to miss the footy. Spin over a month now and, you know, the pre-season and the training's back. So I had to get Chris back on the pod. Chris, how are you?
1: Very good, Matt. I'm starting to feel a bit edgy myself. I'm missing the NRL really badly.
0: Man, we just talked off mic. Ori Sana, get those little bit of SC talks in. Uh, I've been hammering Rugby League 2. Um, I just need some footy in my life. So, topic today, Chris, it's all about the Dolphins. Obviously, we're still waiting for that major marquee signing. Thought it would happen by now, but it looks like we're getting pretty close to a couple of names hitting the news. So, I wanted to jump in here and make a nice little starting 13 for the Dolphins with a couple of caveats. First one, You know, two marquees. I want to give it full of superstars. need to make a constructive team here that makes sense together. Do the players of their current clubs need a new situation or are they on the outer? And are their contracts up in the next two years as per NRL.com? So, Chris, I'll run through by position group here and you just tell me what you think of this one to 13 as we go through it.
1: Yep, let's do it, my friend.
0: All right, let's start with the number one. You need to have a, you know, a bit of excitement from the back. This one here, I think this is the next excitement machine in the NRL. It'll take a bit of way to prime away from his current club, but I've got Jaden Campbell as the fullback for the Dolphins. I feel like he's Ooh. just going to be electric. There's going to be a, it's going to be a big test this year for the Titans if AJ can play number six, so they can keep Jaden and Jaden on the field at the same time. Uh, but if if I'm the Dolphins, if you can't get you know one of the top echelon current established stars, why not go for probably the best fullback in the next five to ten years, Jaden Campbell?
1: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not too sure what his contract situation is like, Matt. So is he signed on for this year or next year? What's the go at the moment? Yeah, so
0: he's currently contracted at the end of 23. So you'd need to get him out of the first year of his, the last year of his contract or obviously in the 24 season as the, as the lead player there. So he's only got two years left on that deal, which is a very cheap deal. And he'll be commanding a lot of money, you would think, on his next deal.
1: Yeah, from the limited number of games we've seen so far, he really does have that sort of excitement, you know, to his gameplay. I mean, moving from the Gold Coast, you know, to the Dolphins area, it's not going to be that too much of a major move. So I don't think, you know, that family factor, which a lot of players do think about will come into play too much. But I mean, if he's going to be sort of a marquee sort of signing, yeah, definitely. I think he'll suit right into it. I think Wayne Bennett, out of all coaches currently in NRL, will be able to take him to that next level.
0: Yeah, and just like obviously his dad Preston went to the expansion Gold Coast Titans, was the face for them for many years. I can just, I can just kind of picture Jaden going over there and is really carving out a bit of a legacy for himself. I think, you know, there's a lot of options. You know, you got some guys like Matt Dufty on one year deals. Um, but to me, you got to get a bit of excitement in that number one jersey. And yeah, Jaden is the, the pick there. But let's get on to the, onto the wingers, mate. This one here is a bit tricky because all the superstar wingers you don't really see moving. So I have picked two players here where their current club's uh, strategy of signing players has put them on a bit of an outer here. So I've gone Corey Allen on one wing and I've gone Sione Katoa on the other wing. So obviously with Corey Allen, the Bulldogs signing all those outside backs. Allen's on a pretty big deal. That's going to come off the books very soon and you don't think he'll command that money again on the next uh, off season. Sione Katoa again, uh, the Sharks are signing a lot of outside backs. Ikevalu signed recently. Um, you know, Mulatalo's already there. You Will Kennedy. Uh, at the back. To me, it just seems like Sione might be in for a, for a fresh start. So I've gone those two finishes. What's your thoughts on those two wingers?
1: Yeah, Sione, you know, from a super coach point of view, he's just a tackle-busting machine, you know, really racks up those points and running off Sean Johnson. He's just been, you know, a gem out on the on the wing there. Um, and your other choice who was it again? Sorry, mate. Uh, Corey Allen. Corey Allen. Oh, don't say that name in front of me, man. You know my feelings about him. Look, He he's he's not great, not bad, but, you know, I think there's been a bit too much hype about him since his days at the Rabbitohs. He was in a really good sort of team and, you know, coming to a Bulldogs side really exposed, you know, he didn't really have that much to offer. Um, Yeah, look, Corey Allen, I don't know where he would actually play in the Bulldogs this year. Do you really think he he would stay here at the Bulldogs or do you think that move will be really good for him?
0: I think he has to move. I, I don't see him starting in this side. And again, you just said, it, you wrapped it up perfectly there. On the Rabbits, he was a complimentary player and showed his worth. At the Bulldogs on a rebuilding side, they needed him to be something that he couldn't be. On this Dolphin side, if he's like, you know, the 15th most important player in the starting 17, that's a perfect position for Corey Allen. And again, like, I think his figure was like 900,000 he's on right now. He's on fullback, but he's definitely not going to command that on his next contract. Um, I think I think it's going to be, a, whoever signs him next is going to be a buy low proposition that you can really get you know, a decent first grader. That's at least what you're getting with Corey Allen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a fair shout there.
0: All right. Let's jump into the centers. This one again, um, the, the wingers and centers, you know, you've got your top echelon of players that, you know, the clubs won't let go then that it does fall a little bit, but I've decided to go, you know, for some good players here. So the first one of what is Remus Smith uh mm. moving from the storm. So obviously that would mean that he needs to lose a wing spot. You've got Xavier Coates coming down to uh, Melbourne. George Jennings played really good last year. Um, so interesting to see what happens there with the, the makeup of that team. And in the number four, Adam Dewey. Um, again, it's a, it's a really big year for the Tigers. Um, you know, are they going to turn the corner here? They have given Madge McGuire Maguire another go to me, especially if I'm Adam Dewey, who's now done his knee again. So this is the second time he's done his knee, you know, I can see him really being a marquee signing for someone. And, you know, why not go up to a team that, you know, again, at the first team for the Dolphins should be decently loaded, like those Titans teams were when they came in. So I think it's, uh, if, I, if I'm someone from the Titans, uh, from the Dolphins, I'm really chasing Adam Dewey.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you saw how he played this year. In a team such as the Tigers, he really sort of stood up and stood proudly to, you know, play play pretty much the best year he's play it until to date. I mean, he's made you bite your own words, Matt, obviously Mm -hmm. from a Mm -hmm. civic coach point of view. Um, But yeah, I'd definitely be throwing money at him. I'd be wary though, like you said, of his sort of knee situation, need to see how he goes with that. But someone who can, you know, convert goals, lead a team, Play make and you know pretty much play a variety of positions yeah he's definitely going to be worth that sort of money um Raymond Smith yeah I highly rate him particularly at the Bulldogs he himself just had that sort of like speed to him that he could just burn you know of most players in the NRL um I prefer him on the wing honestly but yeah playing someone in the back line he'll, he'll get the job done
0: yeah and what I've done there with the with the back five obviously I'm just going for you know I think what we've seen in, in this year's NRL, he's got to have, have finishes because, you know, you can create attack with the six again rule from anywhere on the park. You know, Remus, Dewey, Katoa, all can score tries. Jaden Campbell, we'll see when he's limited. And Corey Allen, again, you know, at a Pinch can go in a fullback. And Dewey can go in a fullback. Remus Smith can go wing to center. Just can some good flexibility. And again, you can't fill it up with, you know, Joey Manu, Daniel Tupo, and you've got to be realistic with a team like this. So I think that's a good little 1-5 to five, but let's get into the halves because this is obviously going to be if this Dolphins team is going to be good from the start, they've got to have some good halves. Mm. So I instinctively wanted to go Cam Munster as the 6 but there, there's been a lot of reports that Melbourne, he's on his last legs at Melbourne, makes sense to go back into Queensland. I personally see, I, I don't know how it's going to happen with the salary cap but I, I'm starting to feel that he's a Bronco soon, sooner Ooh. than later. I, I don't know why it is, to me, it kind of smells, why not go to the biggest club in, like you're in a big club in Melbourne, go to the big biggest club in Brisbane. So mm, I, didn't, mm. I didn't put him in here. I've gone for two other players. So in the six, I've gone Dylan Brown from my Parramatta. <laughs> so a couple of reasons. Um, he's off contract after the next season. Hasn't found his spot really at Parramatta, really gets controlled through Moses and Gutho. Uh, so it does kind of leave Dylan Brown. It's a big question for Para. You know, all these guys coming off contractors, is he, is he worth that next big deal? So that'll be an interesting one. And the player I've got partnered with him is a player who I actually think would make a fantastic partnership with him. It's Ben Hunt. And that's the, and that's the first marquee player I'm giving to the Dolphins. I feel mm. like Ben Hunt going back to Queensland, partnering Dylan Brown. It reminds me of Anthony Milford, Ben Hunt from 2015. You know, the, mm. the crafty number six next to the next to the guy who can just control and, you know, steer the team around. I'm just, I don't know, on paper, when I look at it, Dylan Brown, Ben Hunt, they make sense to me as, as a playing partnership, much more than, you know, a Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses, or a Amone and Ben Hunt. I just, I feel like these two combine well.
1: Mm. And I think you're forgetting the biggest factor here is Wayne Bennett didn't mm. um, Ben Hunt play the best at Broncos when Wayne Bennett was up there, wasn't that the, yep. the situation? Yep. Yeah. So that reuniting, you know, I bet you Wayne Bennett's really gonna set Ben Hunt down. Like, look, remember back then, you know, you know, let's let's erase that little, you know, blip of a moment when he dropped the ball. But the rest of that season, it was one of the best seasons we've seen out of Ben Hunt and If He can recreate that. That'll be, you know, amazing. Um, on to the other side with Dylan Brown. You do realize if he goes up, you do know he's going to be in number six, right? We've got Brad Arthur, your coach. He's going to slot in his boy, right? He's going to slot
0: in the sun. Look, uh, it's it's a risk. <laughs> it's a risk. But again, if you're a right now, let's say Dylan Brown's commanding 700000 hundred Yeah. In a position of like put nearly 1. 1.5, 1. 1.6 into your halves. I, I don't know if they can with all the off, off money contract they've got going. I, I'm a big Dylan Brown fan, but to me, I think he's going to be squeezed out of this club. And, you know, if, you, if you're the Dolphins, they're sitting there. Why not grab a number six that, you know, hasn't really taken his game to the next level, but he's still really young. You know, again, he, he's a runner. Um, he's starting to get that king game into him. But to me, Ben the Ben Hunt slander has gone really lopsided. Like, he's actually playing very decent at the Dragons week mm, to week. Mm. Uh, he's just in a, he's in a bad situation. And again, if you get him into a good side and he's all of a sudden your fourth most important player, all of a sudden, yeah. that's when you're going to get the best out of Ben Hunt.
1: All hey. right. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's get into the forwards now. So we'll start at number 13. A player who's out of favour at his current side and uh, his a significant other jumping on Instagram, smashing uh, Sticky in the IG comments. Joe Tarpany. <laughs> Joe Tarpany can win a game on his own. And there's not many of those. Um, to me international still young monster motor when he when he wants to do it and has the club's backing to me i think it's a no-brainer why not go steal joe tarpani and just sit him at 13 go this is your 13 jersey you're playing 80 minutes a game if you want it let's go like what's the downside Mm.
1: yeah and don't forget that offload you know and playing that sort of linking man look uh, for a big guy he really does have that sort of you know light hands that you need to be you know a modern day thirteen, and. I, if anything, I think, you know, he benefits most from larger minutes. And it's the same thing as, you know, Tamalolo. They just sort of need that that little spark during when they're most tied, which you can't predict each game if they're just going to be, you know, used, you know, in stints each time. You just got to f- keep them on there and they'll find their sort of like perfect moment to strike. And that's mm-hmm. the reason we, you know, investigate a bit further, you know, maybe later in some other podcasts, you know, Jason Tamalolo used as stints. You know, it's just not going to work. We've got to keep them on there for as long as we can, let them analyze the game, figure out what they can do best. Yeah, I definitely believe we can plug, you know, Joseph Tapney in that sort of 13 role. He'll do amazing.
0: Yeah, and yeah, bulk minutes, you know, give him the ball. He loves to take a hit up. And yeah, I think through the middle, his footwork, we've seen what he can do close to the line as a bit of a wrecking ball. To me, he's in a bad situation Like, we, we kind of, we're looking back now at the Raiders and why had such a poor season last year. It still doesn't make sense to me why And obviously George Williams at home was a big deal, but we looked at their four-pack at the start of the year and said they can make two four-packs out of the number of fours they have. And I yeah. think that was da- down to the detriment because it saw guys like Tarpany have reduced roles. You know, Horsberg and Ryan James had to go to other clubs to get some playing minutes, you know. Papaliki was suspended for part of the year. It just all went wrong. So I feel like getting him in a fresh situation is best for all sides right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Love to see a, you know, a wrecking ball like Joseph Toppin. I'll pick him up you know, early oh, rounds for
0: sure. 100%. Now, the second row. Um, I, have a, I look for a marquee signing. Again, um, there was a couple of options. Ryan Madison, I could have mm-hmm. uh, brought him in. But again, I, I feel like that's the guy that Parramatta will keep um, and form that partnership with Mitch Moses on that side. So I've gone for an experienced guy and a guy who I think with a new change of scenery and some extended minutes can get some work done. So, Tarek Sims is the first one. Yep. Already talked about him leaving um, the Dragons and he still hasn't found a new home yet. So he would be probably, he's going to sign a one year deal somewhere this year and uh, an extension and then he'll be up for free agency when the Dolphins are in. And the other guy is Chris Lewis from Melbourne. Um, only mm. gets minutes right now when uh, or Bromwich is out, but has shown in his limits since. And again, most of the time he's on the field, he's playing number six when Munster's not there, but he just looks like a genuine edge. And I don't know whether he's going to be the next Joe Stimson and when he gets into some good minutes, he's just, you know, just not what we think he is. But again, you kind of have superstars in this team, but, you know, Tarek Sims and Chris Lewis as an edge combination, I, I think that could work. Especially Tarek Sims from a defensive line running ability, Chris Lewis, we've seen he's got shifty hands for an edge player, could work.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like... Regardless of, you know, whatever storm side is put out each week, I always seem to see Chris Lewis's name pop up or even be, you know, on the very brink of that sort of, like, reserve. So Melbourne themselves must think pretty highly of him, and there's already word, I believe, of, you know, them discussing an extension anyway. So, you know, like you said, a good club, you know, letting you go, you got to really assess, like, why they're letting you go. Mm -hmm. But I haven't, you know, heard any issues with Chris Lewis, so he'll definitely start in. And like you said, he's got that sort of bore playing you know aspect to him it will really take off you know the pressure on whoever the hub's going to be sort of like like a josh schuster situation with manly the minute he came to the second front row you know all of a sudden cherry having the kieran foreign we're just you know giving them praise after praise we forget hang on you know there's this young guy who can you know throw let's let's just say he throws every pass as a no looker to sort of spice things up you know um, really helps to really alleviate the pressure and Tarek sims yeah you can't really you know put a price on experience, you know, you see some of these sort of teams like the Bulldogs when they didn't really have that, you know, older leader sort of grunt person other than, you know, maybe Josh Jackson to sort of lead the front. It really, you know, you know, hampers their ability to play as a team.
0: Mm. Yeah. To me, the one thing I've, I'm going to be really looking out for this year is that second front row guy who can play through the middle Crafty has a bit of a pass and a bit of footwork to me. Scott Sorison was a real underrated player for the Panthers this year. Uh, mm. You know, came over from the Sharks, injured at the start, really came in and found a role in, especially through the finals. I thought he was a really, really good contributor. I think every club needs to have one of those guys on their bench and whether Chris Lewis gets a starter on the bench, um, you know, Melbourne is starting to really, you know, they've been known for creating and I think it's called like the fullback factory down there, all the fullbacks they, they create. <laughs> but to me, the thing that they're not really talking about, they make a little good second roles as well. And again, whether they go to another club and succeed there, that's a different story, but you know, there's some good options down there that um, I think that, you know, for is a bit long in the tooth. Ken Brom gets a little bit injured here and there. They they got, they always seem to be okay when they are able to plug in these Mm. gaps. So again, be be wary of Melbourne, let someone go, but at one of these points, you know, they're going to, there's some good players that will leave these club and, you know, succeed elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the nine. Because this is the last marquee signing, it's obviously the cheese. Uh, basically, be- that's because it seems like it's a done deal now. Um, the latest reports I saw yesterday was it was down to the Dolphins or the Roosters. Yep. Um, and obviously, the Dolphins. I'm not sure how big Nick Sombrero is, but you'd think the Dolphins <laughs> would be at least double whatever they can give. Obviously, the the thing that people are making jokes about the Roosters. Have a look at who they lost in this last year. Both Morris boys. Jake Friend, Boyd Cordner, all from retirement. That's a lot of money on those four guys. Plus whoever else they've let go. But those four guys in particular, that's a lot of money freed up in the cap. So they might be able to squeeze the cheese in. And he, if he takes the Joey Manu, you know, a little bit less coin, but get to play in the superstar team. But I think the Dolphins, whatever it costs, uh, we saw the Titans obviously having to pay overs for a day for feeder. I think you have to do it because... Getting a, getting a good number nine. We've seen it, you know, especially in the last two years since the six again rule and the free-flowing footy. The good teams at the top have good nines. And you saw a team like the Roosters last year. As soon as they lost their good nine, they lost their way a little bit. They, they still had a lot of talent on the park, but when that ball doesn't get there, you know, 0.2 of a second before out on, out on the run in the middle of the chest, all those slight little things make a difference because a player like Teddy can turn that extra half a second into something. and the cheese are shown that last year. I'm trying to rack my mind of when I think take away Cam Smith because he's such a unique player in the way he played. Think of the think of the last time a number nine dominated the comp the way the cheese did last season. Like there were some really good Danny Padira shoes in the early 2000s. Mm.
1: Um,
0: you know, Josh Hodson when he first came to the Raiders those first two seasons really electric you get out dummy half. But there's not many of them. Isaac Luke had one for the for the rabbits, but there's not one where the a hooker can just grab the game by the scruff of the neck, the neck and just like win you a game in a twenty mm. minute span. That's what the Chiefs can do. Yeah, he went how many games
1: scoring a try? Like six I, or seven, wasn't it? Six or, I, yeah, I can't crazy. remember. Yeah, like most backs can't even do that, let alone you know a hooker or front, you know, a forward being able to do that. So, yeah, look, like you mentioned, Roosters will have money, but I think Dolphins will do whatever they can at this point you know, however many days or week it's been since, you know, the agency has been free. Look, they got they just got to get a marquee signing, you know, mm-hmm. and I think Brandon Smith, he's relatively young as well himself. So, you know what, just throw everything you have at him at this point and then just, you know, worry about later because once you have one marquee signing, another person's going to go, hang on, you know, that guy's playing for that team. He must see something. You got Wayne Bennett there. Just, that all just build. It's just starting that fire and just letting it sort of, you know, trickle down. But yeah, it, he needs to sort of go there and then just really make that sort of like team his own, honestly.
0: Yeah. If I, I thought as soon as the Dolphins were announced, I thought they were just on pitch a pitcher turn outside Amy Park and just whoever, whether it's Harry Grant or Brendan Smith, they're taking one of them home. And mm. obviously, Grants, Grants, they've, they've announced they're going to do the extension with him. So it's got to be the Chiefs. You can't let him go to the Roosters. You can't let him resign with the Storm. You just, again, you have to pay overs for some players and you're a new club. Your first signing needs to be. The guy, and there's not a hotter hooker that's come on the market than Brandon Smith. So that's definitely yeah. the, the marquee. But let's go. The last position group, the big boys up front, the front row. Again, two guys that have fallen a little bit out of flavor at their club. Some rumors that they've been, you know, tapped on the shoulder, say, let's move on. But two guys that I think can be real good veteran leaders. First guy, your boy, Marty power.
1: Mm. Second
0: guy, my boy, Dave Clemmer. I think both of those guys, you know, starting off the bench respectively for some of their teams throughout the season, you know, to power had the rumor, you know, might be moved on to another club. Dave Klemmer again, joined on really big money. Won't get that money on his next contract. The Saifidi boys are eating minutes off him. A little bit of an injury risk there as well. But I think if you can get those two in house, that's just two guys up front that, you know, you can just bang for a hundred meters you know, make some tackles and lead the way for the, like your next crop of young forwards will be able to watch those two guys.
1: Yeah. And, you know, speaking from, you know, a manly sort of fan point of view, I think letting my topal go when, you know, he, he's not doing terrible, but he's not doing like, you know, those really short, hard runs, great, you know, line break offloads that he used to do. So they could probably sell him off to a point where like, hang on, you know, he's not done and dusted, but he'll, he'll get the job done, alleviate that cap. And we've got a bunch of, you know, young forwards sort of coming up that definitely need to be re-signed. Um, you, you're, you've you're probably grown to be a little bit of a Manly fan yourself, Matt. You've probably seen some of our our team, you know, uh, growing at the moment. Mm, yeah.
0: It's honestly one of the, I think at the start of last season, I was going to do a podcast where I was going to rank the five worst rosters going forward and i was looking at it when i was doing the research and i looked at manly i'm going there's not much on here i like i like the tur i like the troy bitches i like cherry evans not much else but then Mm. you 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 look a season later you know there's just all over the park you know harper stood up garrick stood up schuster came out of nowhere um, you know, you've got uh, Olakawatu. <laughs> you got Olakawatu. You know, you still got Manasi Fainu sitting there. You know that that story that his brother um, got the extension, and they, they've wrapped him up the the young half for when four uh, ends off uh, comes off contract. But Manasi Fainu could still potentially walk into this team eventually after his his court proceedings are done. There's just ways for this team to get better that I didn't think were there. Yeah. So again, that's why Manly now all of a sudden have all these guys coming off contract and. It's now. Do we do we yeah. say goodbye? Do we say goodbye to to a season early, than a season mm. late? That might cost us Olakuaatu in the next season. That those are the things that now Manly needs to consider.
1: Yeah, and you know I, I'm a big my to fan. I've really appreciated what he's done for us. You know he came to a club. You know when. Tra- I know. Yeah, when Trent Barrett just first signed on, and he was supposed to be the one to lead the team, he did the best he could. Um, but yeah, I'd rather let go him early, and you know, we already have some great forwards. Just give them a little extra minutes, give them the opportunity to really prove themselves, and they'll earn their coin. Um, on the other hand, David Klama as well. Look, he was, yeah, he's still got a lot of Mongrel to him. You know, let's mm-hmm. give him that. He he's still he's approaching that end of you know the, the career of most NRL players. But you know, he's still around. We still see that, you know, that angry face charging at the line, you know, with intent. So yeah, if he can go to a club like the Dolphins, I'm sure he'll be happy to, you know, have a great, you know, last paycheck, but also be able to go back to being that sort of starting forward. I think now with um, uh, the Newcastle Knights, they're sort of leaning on the Saifidi brothers a bit more now than, than him. So,
0: Yeah, and you look at the last couple of years in the NRL, there has been some good props move, and it has made a big difference. You know, I think of when Adam Fnil-Blake went to the Warriors last year, they had a the hot start at the start of the season before he got injured. He really elevated that forward pack to a new level. Uh, I think to when Junior Paula came back to Parramatta from Canberra, our four pack was a bit iffy and then as soon as you put a a guy with the caliper of junior pole in your front row now is Mm. that going to be you know to power and clemmer at this age maybe not so much on field but you know off field those are two professional guys you know when's the last time you heard to power clemmer you know with off-field troubles or not training hard enough those type of things you know their things is Mm. can their body keep up so you know you might go and try and find you know i had a look at you know is a Ford Awaker off contract. He's locked up for like the next four years. There's some guys that a lot of the good young forwards are already wrapped up. So you've got to, you know, another guy was uh, Pat Carrigan. He is mm. on contract in the next season. So that's another option potentially, but you know, he was already in the leadership club at the, at the Broncos. So they keep him, there's some options, but again, I think you need to get some veteran leadership in there, at least at your start at the starting point of your club um, to really move forward.
1: Yeah, and definitely before the veterans become too veterinary, you know, before they become too old. Yeah.
0: Well, that's it, mate. That's the one to thirty. And again, it's it's pretty exciting times to have a have a new club. I remember when the Titans came in, um, you know, there's a lot of conjecture about who they were going to sign. There, their starting team wasn't, you know, full of superstars, but it was a good it was a good club. But this Dolphins team, you know, the way they got the backing, the way the league's set up now, and you know, so many players that are in somewhat disgruntled positions or out of favour positions, there's a chance that we can get a really good team made up here.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you know, salary cap is always getting larger and larger. So contracts are going to be getting better. So, you know, we can definitely see a much better team than we used to, than we first saw when the Titans came into the, the competition.
0: Yeah, and I think you made the, the biggest point is obviously the the super coach Wayne Bennett's there. And I think whoever Wayne gets, um, you know, we, we've seen what he's done, his track record, he's gonna get the most out of this club. So mate, we'll be we'll be monitoring it. Um as as the signings come in, we'll obviously be doing some pods throughout the offseason. Um but yeah, we're We're on Dolphins watch now as we we wait for the first signing. So Chris, mate, thank you for coming on. And again, we'll be on multiple times in the off season now. I think we'll, we'll keep it going weekly from now on. So good to have you back. And again, we'll have you back when we have a topic to sink our teeth into.
1: Yeah, appreciate it, Matt. Looking forward to it. No
0: worries. And thanks everyone for listening. Again, we'll be back all off season and heading in, getting our super coach content in ready for the 2022 season. Chris has already got the Excel started as have I, so (laughs)
1: we're raring to go. So
0: thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Hear from you soon.
1: Cheers.